You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Willem de Kooning is a famous abstract expressionistic painter. Today, his paintings will sell for tens of millions of dollars, maybe even into the hundreds of millions of dollars. And in 1953, he was one of the top artists on the scene. He was one of the most famous and successful artists of that day. When a young up-and-coming artist, a 27-year-old Robert Rauschenberg, knocked on his door. Rauschenberg was nervous. He had met de Kooning before, and the two of them had been on friendly terms. But that day, he was hoping de Kooning wasn't going to be home. Because that day, he was hoping to ask Willem de Kooning a favor. He wanted to ask Willem de Kooning for a drawing. Now, it was not uncommon for artists to give each other drawings to hang in their studio and things like that. But Robert Rauschenberg's intention for this drawing was something a little bit unexpected. Robert Rauschenberg asked de Kooning to give him a drawing so he could erase it. As you can imagine, Willem de Kooning was not exactly thrilled with that prospect. But after what has been described as a very awkward and tense conversation, he understood the idea, and he agreed. I feel like who art Ed? Who art Ed? Mr. Wood art Ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, the podcast where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. And for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're looking at Erased de Kooning from 1953. It's interesting to think about erasing a work of art as a way of creating a work of art. So what Robert Rauschenberg did with this piece was he took a work of art created by another artist, a prominent artist, Willem de Kooning, one of the top artists of his day, and Rauschenberg simply meticulously and carefully erased it. So the final piece is basically a blank sheet of paper with a few smudges and faint lines of where a work of art used to be. Now, the most common interpretation of this, and I think most people's first reaction, including de Kooning himself, is this is an example of iconoclasm. You know, iconoclasm is the, the big fancy term we use to describe sort of taking down a, an idol, sort of an, an act of e like quite literally erasing de Kooning, erasing his legacy, um, you know, a young, brash artist sort of trying to make a name for himself by putting down some, some older, more established artist. But that's not what Rauschenberg was trying to do. You see, Robert Rauschenberg, as an artist in the, the 1950s, one of the early ways he made a name for himself was a series of white paintings. They were just 
white paint rolled across white canvas, plain white, no image, no design, no drawing, just white on white. And what he was doing with those paintings was he was creating this sort of meditative space. When you stand in front of a painting with nothing there, it's kind of like when the world around you suddenly gets quiet and you suddenly become extra aware of every tiny little noise that would normally go unnoticed. When you stand in front of a blank white canvas, you become aware of that that emptiness. You become aware of every light and shadow that hits it. You become aware of the dust floating in the air between you and that canvas. There's a stillness to it. It's a visual equivalent of pausing to take a breath. And Robert Rauschenberg was trying to think about ways to expand on that series. He loved to draw, so he was thinking about first making his own drawings and erasing them. But he found that to be unsatisfying. He came to the conclusion, ultimately, that it couldn't start off as a sketch that was made to be destroyed. It needed to be a real work of art by a real established artist. And so he went to the most famous and established artist that he knew, Willem de Kooning. And de Kooning, after finally agreeing to this, he started to look through his portfolio And he pulled out a few pieces and looked at them and paused and said, No, it needs to be something I would miss. Robert Rauschenberg, of course, did not require it to be something he would miss. I think Rauschenberg himself said that he would have preferred it were something that that de Kooning wouldn't miss. But de Kooning felt like it needed to be a piece that he was invested in. And so he looked through another portfolio. And finally, he settled on a piece. And de Kooning said, here, you can have this drawing, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. So he gave him a piece. It wasn't just like a pencil sketch. It had pencil and charcoal and crayon and ink. Robert Rauschenberg had to be invested in this process of erasure. He says he doesn't know how many erasers he went through, but it took him about two months carefully, meticulously erasing every line that he possibly could until all that was left was a blank page with some smudges and some some faint marks that, that signify a drawing used to be there. And I think that's the key to this. That a drawing used to be there. Because in some ways, that is more empty than a blank canvas painted white. It's a conspicuous absence. It is a loss of something. It is a loss that we can, we can see and we can feel when we look at that work. And so that causes another sort of meditation. It's no longer the blank canvas where we can pause and take a breath. It's no longer the blank canvas that has the potential for something to be there. It's the blank page 
where there used to be something. Where we can wonder what was. We can think about the potential that's been lost. It's a little bit more solemn. But in a way, what Robert Rauschenberg was doing, he was not disrespecting Willem de Kooning. He was not erasing de Kooning's legacy or trying to take down the big established artist. It was not some simple act of pettiness or vandalism, as some people have often stated. It was an act of honoring de Kooning. Because for that piece to work, for that concept to work, he had to be erasing something great from someone great who he admired. It's an interesting bit of irony that in erasing de Kooning, he has created this aura of mystery about what that work was and preserved his legacy for future generations. Because now we not only have Willem de Kooning's body of work to look at, but we also have erased de Kooning to wonder about and live in our imaginations. So it's forever preserved as a masterpiece with the limitless potential of the viewer's imagination. And like I said, Erase de Kooning, it's often misinterpreted as this bit of petty vandalism or iconoclasm taking down this icon from art history. But really, by erasing Willem de Kooning's work, Robert Rauschenberg has forever elevated his legacy. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.